Welcome, welcome to the Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2 Review. I am R.C. Carlton, and we are coming off the best episode of the season. Granted, there only been two. I thought last week was okay, but this week was stronger. It reminded us of why we like the characters. It reminded us of the show that Game of Thrones can be. I would say in the last season and then this season, it's been a little lazy. It's been a little sloppy. It isn't the Game of Thrones that we all love. But we got back there because it wasn't rushed. It wasn't hurried. It was an episode that reflected the calm before the storm. And it worked. Because some of the best scenes in Game of Thrones didn't involve dragons, didn't involve battles, didn't involve sword fights. It involved humor and two characters or more just sitting around a table or whatever or sitting down in the woods on a journey talking about life and talking about their point of view of life. And we got a lot of that this week. As always, I start out with what I liked. I say what I didn't like. Sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't, but this week I will. Clues, Easter eggs, foreshadowing, callbacks. We'll do that because there's a lot there. I will give you an MVP, which hopefully this week won't get cut off, and I will give it a grade. First, what I liked. The show started off. With Jamie, before the Winterfell makeshift, makeshift council, he looks like he's in trouble because Stansa's voting basically to kill him. Danny's voting basically to kill him, if you can infer from what they say in their questions. And Brienne comes on the scene and saves him and says that she stands for Jamie. It's good drama. Sansa asked him questions, question by question. Brienne pauses as if, not as if she's questioning it, but she understands the gravity of the questions that Sansa is asking. When Danny asked John for his vote, she sneakily got in there calling him the Warden of the North, almost a slap in the face, and certainly a way to distance herself from John in that situation. When Jamie basically is welcomed into the fold, Grey Worm gives him his sword back, but he gives him that look like, don't mess up. Right after that, next scene, well, it might not have been the next scene, actually, because I think Tyrion and uh, Danny was the next scene because she was just mad at him for sucking, basically. But Jamie and Bran have their scene. You see Jamie apologizing, and Bran basically forgives him and says, we wouldn't be who we are. It gave us good closure from a arc that started at the end of the first episode. Gosh, that was so long ago. There was a funny, not a funny moment, but I love the moment that everyone that meets Bran again, and they haven't seen it from a long time, for a long time, they realize that something is just a little bit off about the kid. And Jamie had that moment, too. And the actor, which I won't even butcher his name, that plays Jamie, 
is so good at facial expressions, so good at doing things with his eyes. You saw a lot of that in this season, not well, not all seasons, but you saw a lot of that in this episode, in particular when Tormund was telling his crazy-ass stories. The interesting way it ended was when Bran said, how do you know there's an afterward? Is that a foreshadowing towards Jamie's death? Is that a foreshadowing towards everyone's death? I have a question, though. If, if Bran becomes a White Walker, is he still in the wheelchair kind of thing? <laughs> Jamie and Tyrion have a scene where they're walking around Winterfell. And the besides some of the reflection, I loved at the end, when they talked about Tyrion both being fooled by Cersei, Jamie says, hey, she fooled me too. And Tyrion said, no, she didn't fool you. You knew exactly what she was and you loved her anyway. Gives you a lot. And Jamie has said that before. He just doesn't care. It's all about Cersei. He doesn't, he doesn't care about anything else. And, of course, he's evolved over time to care about other things. Another scene I like was Danny and Sansa. Danny comes in, sweet, nice Danny, conciliatory Danny. She tries to make peace with Sansa. She ultimately fails after they bond over Jon Snow, after they bond over girl power. She fails because Sansa is what about the North? It was a great moment when she was holding their hand. They were holding hands, or more that Danny had her hand on top of Sansa, and she pulls it away. Before she could answer, they are interrupted by a reunion with Theon. I feel nothing for that, so I'm not going to cover that. Arya and the Hound reminisce. Arya still thinking like the Hound is worthy of nothing, that the Hound has no honor, that he's not changed. Like, when have you fought for something other than yourself? And the Hound says, I fought for you, didn't I? The question is, did Arya change the Hound? Did he help? Did she help him to see that maybe there was some honor? I remember when he was burying the guy that they ended up uh, killing to get their stuff. There was some sadness to that. I don't know if that was a moment, but I definitely think his journey with Arya changed him. Because he definitely was a guy that was out for himself. Arya getting laid was a great scene. I know it was controversial, but folks, Macy Williams is 22 years old. She may look like a kid still a little bit, and we've known her literally since she was a kid, but she is a woman. It's complicated because Sansa is so, I'll use air air quotes, Sansa is so developed that by contrast, and they're not much a difference in age, uh, by contrast, Arya looks even more like a child, but she is not. The number one inter- internet search was, how old is Macy Williams during the uh, episode last week? But I thought it was a good episode, uh, not episode, but I thought it was a good scene. I thought that Macy Williams played it correctly, and it made sense for Arya, who was obviously a virgin. There was some comedy with that, with Gendry, but it made sense for her to want to experience all of life before she potentially died. Best scene of the night was when Jamie knighted Brienne. It was touching. But what I have to ask is, is this a binding thing? Can Jamie actually knight her? Does a knight really knight a knight? 
And is Jamie even a knight anymore? Like he's not a part of the organization or the just the kingdom that knighted him. The succession from Baratheon to Lannister, is he still one when he quit the ruling, the Iron Throne, when he quit all that? Is he still one? But it doesn't matter. Great scene. Oh, my gosh. It was touching. Brienne finally got what she deserved, and everyone loved it. But the question is, that seems like the end of her character arc. Is there any use for Brienne anymore? Hmm. Tyrion had an interesting scene or interesting part of that scene when he was trying to rally the troops and saying all the battles they survived. And he mentioned Jamie's success, but Jamie mentions his failure. Season one, two, probably three, Jamie would never have done that. So gone is the cocky Jamie. And now we have a more humble, a more reflective Jamie. Near the end of the episode, Danny and John get together in the crypt. She talks about Rhaegar Targaryen and talks about how he was a nice guy and he sang. And finally, John tells her the truth. And what many people have noted is that her first reaction is that well, her first reaction is saying, hey, your best friend and your brother told you this. Are they reliable? But her, her other reaction was, that you have a better claim to the throne than I do. And so many people said, hey, that's our first reaction. Not that I'm sleeping with my nephew, but I say to you, that's how Targaryens roll, folks. That is not uncommon in that family. And with Cersei and Jaime doing it, it's just not uncommon in Westeros. It's not standard practice, but it's also not uncommon. And if we want to go there, Danny is power-hungry. And I won't get into bashing Danny because that's not the purpose of that. But I know there have been Mad Queen signs all throughout the last two seasons. So when Danny shows her true colors, I don't want anybody to say anything. I don't want anybody to be shocked. And I definitely won't tell you that I told you so. Well, actually, yeah, I will. Now, what I didn't like, I didn't like that. The last episode ended with Jamie's look and brand, and then we got Jamie before the little council. I wish we had just immediately did that. I don't like when there's a cliffhanger, and then you don't get immediately to it. But a lot of shows do it. But I don't feel like Game of Thrones has to do it because we're going to watch no matter what. So you don't have to string it out to get us to watch even longer. So I really wanted that meeting to come, and then maybe then they grab him. I don't like the fact that Tyrion is an idiot. Like Sansa said last episode, she thought that Tyrion was the most clever man she knew. He was. But now they've made him an idiot or they've made him make so many mistakes that he's losing a lot of his status. It was all about his brain. And now he can't seem to make right decisions. When he was the hand in King's Landing, he did a lot better. He made mistakes, but he did a lot better. Also, I don't like that he doesn't sleep with whores anymore. Theon has got to go, folks. I'm tired of Theon's 
ark. I don't care that he's trying to find redemption. I don't care that he's coming back with the Starks. I just don't care. He doesn't have a dick. Move on. And I'm sure Theon will die defending someone. Tormund was one of the stars of this episode, a candidate for MVP. He grabs John out of nowhere, and you don't know what's coming. And for a second, you think John is in trouble. As soon as he gets back, he says, is the big woman still here? One of the lines of the night, actually. It was very funny, and a lot of memes came from it. The, the funniest one I saw was, it said something like, when you're at the club and it's getting late, you're like, is the big woman still here? Tormund has always been comic relief, and this is great. He goes in the meeting when they're all in the room, and Davos and Tyrion and Jamie and Brienne and Podrick are all in the room. He comes in and starts drinking from this horn thing and spilling the milk all everywhere, and he tells the story of why they call him Giant's Bane. It's just wild, and it comes out of nowhere. If you've seen the episode, he kills the giant by the age of 10 and then gets in bed with the giant's wife. The giant's wife thinks he's a child, and she suckles him to her tits. And then that's how he became so strong. I I don't even know (laughs) where to go with that. He's constantly hitting on Brienne. He's shooting his shot and coming up short. I almost feel like Jamie was either a borderline cock block or Jamie knighted her just to one-up Tormund. Is Winterfell racist? That was the question we asked after episode one because Grey Worm and Melisandre, they looked around and they got negative reactions. Now, it's pretty sure that little kid, <laughs> she was trying to sit beside the little kid, and the little kid got up and left. But one inconsistency there was, Great Worm's like, do you want to stay here? Let's get away from all this. Is anyone that came to Winterfell trying to stay? Is Danny trying to stay? Are the Unsullied trying to stay? Like, nobody's trying to stay. They're just going to fight the walkers and leave. So that didn't make any sense. Any sense at all. So it was just a little inconsistency and a little more sloppiness uh, that the show has done. But this was a less sloppy episode overall. Now we go to our clues, Easter eggs, foreshadowing, all of that good stuff. When the episode first came on, the North had built new trenches. That was on the opening credit scene. So you're getting ready for the battle. When Jamie was having his uh, makeshift trial, Bran said, the things we do for love, which pretty much freaked me out because I was like, is this still going to snitch on Jamie? What the hell? But Brand didn't, and I gave the reasons why before, because he basically says it doesn't matter because he's three out we're even now. And he also says that Jamie and he weren't wouldn't be the men that they are and probably gonna play a big role in the battle. Another foreshadowing thing, and of course that calls back to when Jamie pushed Brand out of the tower. Jamie questions if Danny is good, 
Tyrion basically says she is, but that's another foreshadowing, possibly, that Danny is really the Mad Queen. Sansa has the same issues last episode when she asked Tyrion, or she says it depends on which queen. She says the hand of the queen, impressive, and then she says, I guess it depends on the queen. So we're getting clues that Danny might not be the queen that we all think she is. We got another callback. Tyrion says, I always picture myself in my own bed at the age of 80 with a belly full of wine and a girl's mouth around my cock. I think that line made me love Tyrion Lannister. But he has a callback to way back when, maybe season two, I think. Tyrion, a couple times during the episode, maybe three times, he says, that they're all going to die. And, of course, that could be when a character is saying they're all going to die. Maybe Tyrion dies. The Crypt was mentioned three times during the episode as well. Three times someone mentioned that everyone's going down to the Crypt. Gilly mentioned it when she was telling the little girl that she would be safe there. Danny mentions it when they're supposed to go down. And, ah, what's the third time? The third time. Let me think. I can't remember the third time, but I counted it. I just didn't put it in my notes. First of all, this plan that they gathered together and they put the map out there, it really sucks. Does Bran know for sure that the Night King just wants him, that that's the Night King's only goal to the point where they can make him, bait, make him his bait? Will the Night King even be there? At the battle, when we, first, when we saw them for the first time at the end of last episode, like right before the battle, first time this season, the Night King isn't there. So is the Night King going to go to King's Landing and then make more White Walkers and come down and attack and trap them or make them have to fight over and over again? I don't know, but I'm not sure about this plan. There should be a better strategy. I'm sure they're going to show other things next week and other plans they have, but I don't know. The other people that mentioned death, of course, we had Tyrion. Tormund mentions that they're going to die. Arya last night talks about her last night on the planet and she wants to have sex. She also mentions it when she is getting her weapon from Gingery. Brienne talks about dying with honor. At the very end, Tyrion gets hopeful and talks about how they've all had success. Another callback, Arya's spear is similar. It's kind of like the staff thing. Her her spear is similar. Well, not spear, but her uh, I don't know what you call it, but you hold it and it's long. It's spearish. Spear is similar to what she used when she was in the house of black and white, so she already knows how to use that weapon. It looks like it's going to disconnect in some way, maybe shoot things at someone. I don't know, but it's going to be a cool weapon in the battle. The title of this episode is The Night of the Seven Kingdoms. The title comes from a trio of novellas starring Sir Duncan the Tall. He was a chivalrous knight. He is an ancestor of Brienne of Tarth, Sir Brienne. And they think that's why she's so tall. 
Tyrion and Bran, Bran's going to tell Tyrion a story. Tyrion asked for Bran to tell him a story of how he got to be the way he is. Story did he tell him? What details were there because the camera went away and Tyrion said, hey, they have a lot of time to talk about it. The Hound says something about a bloody wedding. That's a red wedding reference. Arya and Gendry are the Stark and Baratheon combo, possibly, that Robert, King Robert was talking about. Also, some people think Arya might end up getting pregnant. The biggest Easter egg foreshadowing clue about the whole episode is Jenny's song. We were impressed that Padre could sing out of nowhere. We didn't know that. Maybe that's how he got all those ladies. Or at least that he uh, was able to woo them enough that they felt he was great. Or maybe it's just his cockmanship. But the singing didn't help. This is also similar to Pippin's song. I've never seen it from Lord of the Rings that he sang right before the battle. Impending doom is coming. Jenny was in love with Duncan Targaryen. Duncan Targaryen left his throne for Jenny because she was a commoner and the father didn't like it. Duncan is the brother of the Mad King, who's Danny, who was Danny's dad. They all died the Battle of Summerhall. Well, not all, but they died at the Battle of Summerhall. Jenny and Duncan. But they gave birth Rhaegar Targaryen, who is obviously Jon Snow or Aegon Targaryen's dad. The prediction comes from a, they don't call this in Game of Thrones, but a soothsayer, a witch, a girl that can predict the future. I can't remember the term. She makes the prediction of the prince that was promised. At Summerhall, Rhaegar is obsessed later on. Rhaegar is obsessed with prophecies because the prince that is promised is supposed to come from the Targaryen line. That was her prediction. So, our Targaryens, basically, that are in the show at this point are John and Danny. And in the Valerian, there is no gender. So, the prince that was promised could be interpreted as a man or a woman. The show mentioned Rhaegar during this scene, during this show, uh, the scene with Danny and John. She talks about how great a guy Rhaegar was, that he sang and people loved him. Of course, that's when John told her the truth. There was a tournament at Heron Hall. Rhaegar sang so well that Cersei cried. So evidently Rhaegar really had some tunes. He could really crow if Cersei's going to cry. And probably, you know, it was a younger Cersei. I don't think anything would make Cersei cry these days. She didn't cry when her son died. I think she just got harder and harder. Now I'm talking about Tommen, not Joffrey. He wooed Lyanna Stark and crowned her the queen of love and beauty. And that's when a lot of people think that, you know, that Lyanna fell in love with him and they ran away together. Which caused the war, which is kind of crazy. The prince that was promised, again, is another theme. It, like some people say it's Jamie, that some, but it looks like from this song that it's either Danny and most likely Jon Snow. 
this could also be a sign that the prince that was promised will be revealed in this great battle, which is what most people think in this battle that's coming up. But they've always known there would be this great battle with the White Walkers and the dragons were needed. People think that Jon Snow is going to take control of the dragons. So many clues. But we know that death is coming. There's a line that says Jenny will dance with her ghost. There's so much foreshadowing about death in that sign. One of my personal theories is that Jenny will dance with her ghost is a foreshadowing to the ghost coming up and becoming reanimated and torturing and terrorizing the people in the crypt. A dance can a lot of times be viewed as a fight. Jenny and Duncan could also represent John and Danny. Duncan left his throne, left his uh, rightful airship because he loved Jenny. Is John going to make that sacrifice? Got to get an MVP for this episode. Arya getting laid is a strong contender for MVP. Last week it was Sansa. Arya's uh, consideration for MVP. Brienne played such a crucial role. She saved Jamie from what could have been death. Jamie came up to her, and they had a moment where Jamie was willing to serve underneath her. And obviously, when she was knighted, was a huge moment in the history of the show. I mean, I would probably put that in like one of the top 25 scenes. I haven't met a person yet that didn't like Brienne of Tarth. Sir, Brienne of Tarth. You could also bring Tormund for all of the comic relief that he provided. The big woman thing I thought was the best uh, one-liner of the night. His crazy-ass story about breast milk has also provided a lot of memes, but I don't think he really added that much to the show. I don't like Bran enough to make him the MVP, even though he had a role in the show. He he definitely had a role. Too early to put the White Walkers or the Night King, but I feel like the Night King might be the MVP next week. But I'm going with Jamie. Jamie functionally moved the story along. The scene in the beginning started with him and his actions. When they were sitting around talking, there was a lot of talk, and he knighted Brienne. There was a lot of talk with Tyrion that moved the narrative forward and made us reflect. He also made Tyrion kind of look bad by going there, which, again, he moved the story along. He caused the narr- a lot of the narrative, probably about half the show's narrative, to, to come forth. Without Jamie, I don't think we would have had much of an episode this time. Also, with his humility and how he said he wanted to serve under Brienne and for him to do that, set up the nightship or the nighting and just it was just beautiful the way he did knight her, and I don't think the scene would have been the same without the actor that plays Jamie Lannister. I would have to give this episode a B plus. Some people would say it's a setup episode, but I think it's more of like a calm reflection episode before we get the crazy ass battle that we're gonna get next week. A lot of people think that. It's just going to be a bloodbath, and we're going to lose so many characters that we love. I guess I'll make my predictions. I'm still going to say the Hound, 
die because I don't care about that stupid game bowl, and I want everyone to be wrong about it, so I'm going to predict that the Hound dies. I'm going to predict that Theon uh, saves someone. I don't know who. I mean, maybe he saves Bran in a way, but that's his redemption arc, to sacrifice himself for the Starks. That's got to be why he came around. Tormund, Beric, all those guys got to die. I think that the guy, I don't remember his name, because I'm struggling now, there's too many characters. The guy that came back, that hung out at the wall with Jon Snow, he's going to die. I know there's got to be a major character that dies. I really, really hope it's not Jamie. People are trying to convince me that it's going to be Jamie, but I don't think, I think Brienne will die. Ooh, it's getting tough, getting tough. I think Jamie and Tyrion will stay alive. I think Arya will stay alive. I think Danny will stay alive. I think John will stay alive. So I think they're just going to slaughter a lot of characters that are somewhat minor characters, but I think we're still going to feel it quite a bit. There's no way Arya's going to die. If they do, I think we're going to riot. I don't think, I think Gilly could die. I think that little girl could die. I think Davos could die. We're going to get a lot of characters that Lady, Mor- Lady Mormont, I don't think she's going to die, but she's annoying. I wish she would. <laughs> I, di- I mean, she's gotten so mouthy. Like, it's not cute anymore. Like, a kid should not be talking that much junk. And now she's going to go into battle? I don't think so. I think Jorah is going to die. I think I mean there's a couple of other people. Gendry, if I had to bet, I would. I'm not gonna say he's not gonna die. They kept him around for that long. They had three seasons where he wasn't even on the show. So if they brought him back, I think they bring him back for a reason. He's a low key contender to get on the throne. But anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoy any podcast that are part of IBN, the Iconoclastically Bombastic Network. If you enjoy any of our podcasts, please go to iTunes and give us five stars. And if you are so inclined, please give us a review. I can't wait to next episode. We're going to get the longest one of the season. We only have three episodes left, folks. So, Actually, we have four episodes. (laughs) We have four episodes left, and then it's all over forever. This is R.C. Carlton with my Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2 review. Enjoy the show.